Hello, everybody, and welcome to Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts here on UGA Sports YouTube channel. I am with Jed May. My name is Blaine Gilmer, and we are excited to bring you yet another week of Georgia football recruiting coverage. We're thankful, Jed, that we uh, covered Georgia Georgia football instead of Florida football because if we were covering Florida football, according to Dan Mullen, we wouldn't even have a show right now because it's, it's during the season. It's not recruiting season right now, right? Yeah, I can't believe, you know, as, as highly paid as he is, that Kirby Smart doesn't know that, that he's focusing on other things other than X's and O's during the season. So surely um, Kirby and Josh Brooks will have that conversation soon. But, um, yeah, that's that's breaking news. You know, I, I, <laughs> I haven't been doing this job very long, so, you know, you learn something new every day. Yeah, Josh Brooks has got to be like, wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> we are overspent. Our budget is through the roof because we're not supposed to be recruiting during the season? What's, what's going on? I mean, Dan Mullen, if there's if there's – a worse thing that he probably could have said after what Kirby Smart said in his post-game speech, uh, it's just it's just hard to fathom. And uh, here comes Mr. Trent Smallwood with us. Trent, how's it going tonight, man? What's going on? Uh, just excited, man. We're talking about you know how it's not recruiting season right now. We don't even know why we're having a show tonight because Dan Mullen said today it's, it's it's during the season. It's not recruiting season, right? Yeah, we got about four more games before we need to rev up recruiting, so there's no need for us to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a short one tonight. We just wanted to say hey to everybody. No, we're uh, we're going to be covering. Uh, there's there's some visitors coming into town this weekend. We're we're gathering those. Ben Bachman has posted a, a, a sticky thread to the UGA Sports Vault, and as we get information on those, uh, Trent, Ben, Jed, myself. All will be posting those up there. The biggest one, the headliner of those, uh, would be Shamar James, in my opinion, uh, the linebacker who decommitted from Florida, I guess, a week before the Georgia-Florida game and now has subsequently uh, visited Alabama since, where he is a Mobile, Alabama uh, young man uh, you know, from, from the Mobile area. And now, Jed, he's going to be making his way over uh, to Georgia for the Missouri game. Another noon kickoff that Kirby Smart and company will be able to try to take advantage of, but that actually maybe works in their favor with it being a uh, official visit for Shamar because if Georgia takes care of business as they should, a 39-point favorite going into this one, they take care of business, they're going to have a lot of time to spend with that uh, coveted linebacker. Absolutely. You know, you I mean, say the game ends at, 334 or 330 coaches out of the locker room, all that stuff before. And then they got all night Saturday or all afternoon Saturday into Saturday night. And then Sunday, um, to spend with, with Shamar. And then, you know, it was funny. And I remember everyone remembers Kirby's, um, Oscar Delt, not so subtle recruiting pitch of, you know, we need explosive tight ends like him talking about Brock Bowers. He said something similar to, or maybe not similar, but something that made me think of that today was someone, he, someone asked him about linebackers today. And he said, you know, Glenn Schumann has done a great job and guys, when they're looking at schools, they look at, you know, how guys develop linebackers to the next level and all that kind of stuff. Obviously Georgia with Tay Crowder and Roquan, Roquan Smith, Monty Rice, those kind of guys. And as soon as he said it, I was like, <laughs> I, I put in the live today, Shamar James, <laughs> Shamar James. Absolutely. Um, so that I'm sure. And that's one thing um, Shamar told me as well. Just Glenn Schumann has emphasized the development of the guys they put in the NFL. So, you know, something that, they're emphasizing him and we'll continue to emphasize for sure um, throughout this weekend and beyond. Trent, as I'm uh, kind of sharing stuff right here on uh, social media and everything, can you just kind of talk about 
you've been around a long time covering recruiting and when Alabama is involved, especially with a guy who's an in-state prospect like that, just talk about the dynamics that could be at, at play here. I know Georgia's definitely got the, the hottest, you know, defense in the country right now. And it's probably prominent on every defensive prospect that's going after mine, but just, you know, how hard is it to pull somebody out of mobile Alabama if Alabama's on them? Yeah, it is tough because I mean that, you know that pulling a kid out of Alabama uh, isn't the easiest thing to do in the world, but I think it uh, over the past couple of years it's maybe become a little easier. But uh, and I, I think a lot has to do with it, like you were talking about the de- development, uh, the coaches on staff. Uh, and, and in the past, Alabama's had guys, uh, you know, kind of like NFL coaches, guys that they, that have a uh, history of sending. Uh, like positional coaches sending guys to the pros. And I think Georgia's built that and, and especially adding Will Muschamp to the staff. And, uh, you know, Trey Scott's about to put uh, several guys in the draft and, and, uh, you know, Glenn Schumann and um, uh, uh, all the other coaches, they had uh, Dan Lanning, they have a history of putting guys in the NFL now. So I think it's become a little bit easier for Georgia to go into a, uh, you know, a mobile Alabama and land, land the top tier defensive player but uh, I mean, it, it, not to say this still it's still going to be a tough one. Uh, I think point point any kid out of Alabama, but it, but it has become easier just because of the development that Georgia has on that staff and 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 uh, and able to put guys in the next level that what Alabama's had in the past. And I think that's what's made it so tough on uh, guys. Uh, they want to stay home. Why wouldn't you want to stay home and get developed by the best coaches? And you know you're going to go to the NFL. So uh, I think that's become a little easier with Georgia staff. Yeah, and you know. When you're talking about uh, Shamar James specifically, too, there's we say all the time where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And the interactions he he does publicly on social media with uh, Jalen Walker and other uh, Georgia commits, if he's saying that kind of stuff publicly about how much he loves Georgia defense and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, you only know what's going on uh, behind the scenes with some of those conversations. And that leads me to speaking of public. Uh, you know, statements of how much they like what they see out of Georgia. That was the exact quote from Julian Humphrey uh, on his tweet, you know, after Georgia completes a 30 set, 34 to 7 beatdown of the Florida Gators. He says, I like what I saw, exclamation mark, all the one, one tweet there. So Jalen Humphrey, I know we're going to get a lot of uh, – or Julian Humphrey, sorry, I said Jalen. Uh, Julian Humphrey, we're going to get a lot of questions, I'm sure – about uh, Julian, especially with him having decommitted from Florida the week of the Georgia-Florida game. Trent, I mean, where do you think st- things stand right now with uh, with Julian? He, he tweeted out also he might need three or four weeks. I mean, what, what do you think is going on right now with Julian Humphrey? I mean, I would say that, uh, you know, the, a big reason, you know, he decommitted in the first place was he, he'd been taking visits to Georgia. You know, he kind of started back in the spring or, or late spring. And, uh, you know, George, George has been on his mind since then. And, and then he took the visit, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I guess it was official visit and, uh, things really started, to uh, to pop. And I think, you know, I, th- I think Georgia sits in a good position. I, I don't think any team is in front of Georgia. I think Texas A&M is, is trying to work into that, but I think Georgia is definitely the team to beat, uh, you know, moving closer to an announcement. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, uh, you know, you've got not only Jaheim, uh, Singletary, who, you know, Julian Humphrey, but you also got Jaheim Singletary that everybody thinks that George is very close with. And we got some questions on those, so we'll get to them in a minute. Speaking of Jaheim, he's expected to make his way back for the uh, Missouri game. Um, we also have another defensive back 
and Jacoby Matthews from uh, an LSU commit, who, which Jed, right now with the way things are at LSU, I think typically you look at some of those Louisiana guys and you're like, oh, they're just taking visits and they're going to end up at LSU. But right now they don't even know who the head coach is going to be, Jed. Oh, yeah, and, and we've talked about this with Shaz Preston too, right? I mean, it's it's the same thing. You you feel like these LSU guys are going to end up at LSU. I mean, you look at their success of LSU receivers over the past few years with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, um, Keishon Butte, and, and Terrace Marshall, those guys. Um, but like you said, no one knows who the head coach is going to be, let alone the offensive coordinator, the receivers coach, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, schools like Georgia, Alabama um, – you know, all all these SEC schools are seeing all this all this chaos in Louisiana, and just they're jumping at all these guys like Jacoby Matthews, like Shaz Preston. Just you know, this, this is your chance. You know, if LSU becomes a power again, it becomes that much harder. So this cycle um, is a chance to really for, for those schools to really get in on some of these Louisiana kids. Oh, and you're absolutely right about that, Judd. You're saying that when you say this is the chance because LSU is not a program that is just deplete of not having anything, you know, there. It's just the the lack of structure that was there under Ed Orgeron really kind of turned a juggernaut into, you know, they went from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick, as uh, my, my grandfather, you know, used to say, you, you can, you can, they got off, off course in a hurry. Um, but the pieces are still there. The athleticism, they've recruited well enough, but you really got to hammer them during this transition be like, hey, the future is unknown and, and how that's going to go. So Georgia, uh, Alabama, Texas, uh, all those schools, I'm sure that they get in heated battles with LSU on a regular basis for recruits, I'm sure uh, will be, you know, trying to take advantage of that. Trent, we've already talked about, you know, if if B.J. Ojolari elects to go to the portal with, with Aziz being his brother, of course, there's a natural connection there. Plus, he's from Marietta. So, uh, that's something LSU has to watch out for as well. How many players are going to, exit their roster after this season yeah i think the the big issue is uh i mean it, the gaps uh between some of these teams are already you know getting wide just just with recruiting and uh and, and when you have these coaching changes like and lsu's kind of dragging it out letting Ordron stay on staff and i, I don't really know how you go out and recruit uh, yeah, he is though. Have you seen? He's been yeah. out at, at high school games recruiting. What do you say? Hey, yeah. uh, you know, I, I want you to go to LSU. <laughs> I'm not going to be there, but you should go. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's got to be tough. And and I, and I know a lot of these people are like recruit to the school. I mean, you, you, if you're going to commit, commit to a school. And, and but that's hard when you don't know who's going to be you know over you at that school. Who who? Uh, it it just makes things extremely difficult. And and what I was talking about the the gaps are already uh, a little bit wide with, with Georgia and Alabama. You know, Texas A and M jumping in there a little bit, but it's going to, even going to get uh, more wide uh, uh, with with these coaching issues at Florida, these coaching issues at LSU, and uh, and I, I mean, it's good for Georgia and Alabama and those teams, but uh, it's just going to make it that much tougher on a new coach coming in when the gap's that wide. No doubt, no doubt. Um, some other visitors, real quick, I want to hit on before we start taking questions. So we mentioned Jacoby Matthews' official visit; he's coming. Shamar James' official visit. Uh, uh, Hero Canoe, a defensive tackle, has Georgia in his top five. Um, you know, he's he's from out west. He's he's supposed to be making the trip over here for an official visit. Uh, like I said, Jaheim Singletary is expected. Andre Green, um, you know, Jed and Trent, whoever, whichever one you want to talk about. Adam Friedman put out a report that Georgia's kind of gaining some ground, uh, but North Carolina and Clemson, you know, still prevalent in this in this recruitment. Uh, Jed, I'll start with you and then go to Trent. Um, 
you know, with Andre Green, he's going to come for two days. It's still an unofficial visit. He's he's going to probably take it official later in the year if he elects to do so. Uh, what do you, you know? What do you think with with Andre Green? I mean, in terms of uh, you know, Clemson fan growing up, North Carolina has been consistent with him, but Georgia, you know, they're in need of that true number one receiver in this class. I mean, do you think uh, based on what Adam was reporting? Uh, last week, where do you think things stand with Andre right now? Yeah, it seems like Georgia's starting to work themselves back in this. You know, over the summer they were they were Georgia was up there, and then and things kind of cooled off a little bit. Now I think Georgia's starting to work back in it. Um, I, I wonder because obviously with with Andre coming Sunday through Monday, he won't get the game day experience and all that kind of stuff. So I wonder how much, and this is just pure just spitballing, but I wonder how much of that will be the coaches you know, sitting down with him explaining, you know, the offensive scheme, how they could see him fitting, like you said, Blaine, as a number one receiver, um, more the, I guess, for lack of a better term, X's and O's type stuff of where they see him fitting in this offense with him, like like I said, not being here for a game day atmosphere and and those kind of things. So just just an idea, I wonder, A, how much of the, of the visit that will be, and B, you know, how much of an impact that will make on him sort of seeing what his role could be at Georgia. Trent, you know, there's – different dynamics in recruiting there's a lot of recruits that their parents are maybe not as involved in their recruitment it's done through high school coaches and then there's some that are very heavily parent involved Andre Green Jr. is one of those his parents very heavily involved in his recruitment I think there's some attachment there to North Carolina and and Clemson uh what do you think that how do you think that dynamic is playing into this uh, Georgia's pursuit of Andre Green Jr. Oh, yeah, I think Andre Green actually took an official visit back in the summer. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're back correct. in June. Yes, he did. But, uh, but I think it's good for Georgia to get him on campus and not only just for, hey, come up for an unofficial visit, maybe come to the game, only get to speak with them for a little while. Now they, they get a, you know, a full day uh, or, a, you know, a, a lot of time to sit down with the family, sit down with Andre, break down film, really break down everything, uh, how he can be used from an offense standpoint, let him get in there with Todd Munkin and things. And it, it kind of be more detailed, kind of like an official visit, but, you know, knowing they've already spent their official visit, uh, just just having the chance to spend that time with the family, kind of connect with the family and kind of uh, overcome. Uh, I mean, I, that, those relationships are strong with Clemson and North Carolina, but that with the years Clemson and North Carolina have had, it's, uh, you know, allow Georgia to jump back in the mix and with the year Georgia's having. And I, I think this is an opportunity for Georgia to sit down with the family and connect with them and, and kind of show them how uh, they're going to uh, not only use their son, but kind of uh, how they can take care of him on campus uh, and the classroom uh, and stuff like that. So uh, I think it'll be a lot of one-on-one time uh, and it'll be a good opportunity for Kirby and, and Todd Munkin to, to get to know the family and get to know Andre and, and, and kind of break down where, where things are. No doubt, and uh, we're about to go to questions. Also, I wanted to point out we're not going to give the the full list here. That's why you got to be a member of the the vault. But on the vault, uh, we also have some uh, talented 2023 and 2024 prospects that are coming into uh, Athens this weekend that we've already confirmed. So make sure you're heading on over to the vault and subscribing over there. We, we post daily several updates and, and things that we come across on the recruiting uh as we cover things on the recruiting trail, but wanted to mention that, um, you know, you can see right here, dead Soxie is a this little gift package that uh, Roddy gave to me. Dead Soxie is sponsoring this show. Um, you know, I'd had this here. It's kind of a prop, right? It was just kind of sitting there, but then I remembered, Hey, I can open it up and there's actually socks in there. Roddy gave me some to, to try out with this deal. And I've, I've wore some uh, this weekend, man, that, 
that stuff they got in there, the grip that keeps the keeps the socks from you know sliding down and all that kind of stuff. It's nice. It, it uh you know I, I hate it when you're always I wear boots and stuff a lot, so you know you're walking and the stuff sliding down on you and everything. That doesn't happen when you're wearing these dead socks. These socks and they've got all different kind of colors and things like that. It was started by two old Miss uh you know grads so they know what sec football means so they're starting to put out alumni versions of socks and things like that so uh, make sure you you know go check out dead socksy there's ads on ugasports.com that you can use promo codes and things like that to get get you a little discount off of so uh, as you can see on the screen down there presented by dead socksy so we appreciate them for sponsoring this show and without further ado, Jed, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you read off our uh, our first question here from OU Herschel Walker. First, I have to say, OU Herschel Walker, I, I it took me till last week to understand this this username because like, Oklahoma Herschel Walker, like yeah, pretty, like, <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know what it was it. to start and off. And then with last week you read it out loud. I was like, oh, I'm just an idiot. Anyway, um, OU Herschel Walker, do we take another interior defensive lineman? Or will we just add one or two more edge defenders instead? Also, if Quinn Ewers hits does hit the transfer portal and wind up at Texas, will that help Georgia with Arch Manning? Well, uh, I'm kind of the of the opinion that Arch Manning is that guy. You know, as as Jock Jock Peterson likes to say when he hits a home run and he runs out, I'm a you know I'm that guy, or I'm a you know blankety blank. You know, uh, he what, what did he say, one? He says, uh, you know. <laughs> I think Arch Manning thinks about himself that way very quietly. I think he's confident that he can compete with anyone in the country because he's that talented. But when you have a guy who should be, you know, who should be only a year ahead of you and will still will be because of red shirting, even though he went to Ohio State, comes in and is as talented, you know, people comparing Quinn Ewers to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that has to weigh in Arch's mind a little bit, doesn't it, Trent? Uh definitely. But I'm another, you know, Arch Manning. He's not going to be afraid of competition wherever he goes. I mean, if he comes to, if he comes to Georgia, he's he's behind Gunner Stockton, you know, a year behind Gunner Stockton, two years behind uh, Brock Vandegrift, and who knows how long Stetson's playing? He might play until he's 42. But uh, uh, you, there's going to be competition wherever you go. But I, I do think uh, that's a situation he's probably monitoring. Uh, but but I, I don't think it's necessarily going to impact where he goes one way or the other. I think Georgia, Georgia's done an excellent job with, with, with Manning. And I think Texas has as well. And you can't never count out Ole Miss and that, but I think it, I really think those are three schools to watch with Alabama right there too. Um, but I, I do, I do think Georgia's very much in the mix, you know, moving down, uh, I guess closer to an announcement uh, of Arch. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And then when you talk about interior defensive linemen, I think that Christian Miller is the is the guy that everybody, you know, because he's technically still interior defensive line. I know he can, you know, slide out a little bit, but he's getting up around that 300-pound mark. I mean, I think he's going to be primarily a three-technique guy, can can slide down. It kind of like a Devontae Wyatt. He really he really reminds me a lot of how, how Devontae Wyatt played against Florida, which may have been Devontae Wyatt's best game. Uh that's how Kristen Miller's been playing lately for Cedar Grove. So I see I see them taking Kristen Miller. Now, a caveat to that, Jed, uh, they, Alabama did offer Kristen Miller today. And, you know, anytime Alabama comes comes calling, that's a, that's something that a, a young man's going to listen to. So Alabama trying to get in late on Kristen Miller, that's something interesting. Um, but Where have they been? 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why thing. they've been waiting now. With with Kristen Miller, you know, he he's a he's a not only a charismatic guy, but he's a smart guy. And uh, you know, with them waiting so late, uh, he may not even it may not be as big of a deal to him. But I know it's a high honor to be offered by Alabama or Ohio State, Georgia, any of those type of schools. You're going to take it seriously once they do offer you. Uh, you know, Jed. When you talk about edge guys, I'm sure they're going to add some more there. We've got uh, C.J. Madden, of course, is is in this class of 2022. Gareth Smith is in this class of 2022. Uh, you know, and they're going after a few more guys. I mean, you got any updates on on edge on edge prospects here lately? Uh, you know, it's still one of those things. And you know, obviously Shamar Stewart um, is out there. We we the Anai White saga whatever has been has been covered it, it doesn't sound like he's going to be in the class so it's one of those things um we've talked about at this point in the class you know it's going to come down to those last two or three scholarships and and best player available right i mean could yeah, it be added michael too with the right, flip. exactly um so you know it's it's one of those things it, it, could, it could i could see it being either way honestly it just it's one of those things that's going to come down to best player available um with those last couple spots i could see it i mean we've talked about um Actually, Kristen Miller, Sean Washington's another guy um, that Georgia's been interested in. So, um, so yeah, it all depends on the fit, right? It all right, depends exactly. on where, where they're wanting. But they've got edge guys right now. Three edge guys in Michael, CJ Madden, and uh, and Darius Smith. And by the way, Darius Smith, guys, this weekend he caught a seventy-three yard touchdown pass. They put him out wide and ran a fade with him, and it was just unfair. I mean, he caught it in stride and then broke like seven tackles to yes. to go go down the field so uh appling county using that big defensive end uh to go down the field and uh you know catch a catch a nice pass over there i i would still monitor uh marvin jones closely uh, yeah I think, marvin I think jones. he is a uh, prospect that georgia is very high on and uh, uh he'd be one to watch moving down uh closer to december signing day yeah no no doubt i think uh i definitely think that you know, Marvin Jones is, is someone, you know, from that American heritage. American heritage has been a place that's been very good to Georgia over the years. They have they have uh, good connections with uh, American heritage, you know, community down there and also that that school. So uh, Marvin Jones, definitely someone to watch. OU Herschel Walker had a follow up question. Better chance with Andre Green or Shaz Preston? Let's just do rapid fire on signing day uh, right now. Who do you give the better chance to, Jed? I'd say Shaz Preston. Trent, I would say Shaz Preston going into the Andre Green visit this weekend. Yeah, I say Shaz Pe- Preston as well. He's 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 going to have that official visit late, uh, you know, between the SEC championship game and early signing day. And I just Georgia's so good at on campus recruiting. I feel like that's uh, that's a big opportunity to close them and Alabama have a huge opportunity there. Now let's go with uh, Rock C eighty two, Jed. If you'll read that one for us. Roxy says, I'll take the bait. Chances of Travis Hunter returning for the Missouri game this weekend. All right, Trent, there you go. Don't take come to me with Travis Hunter questions every single week. <laughs> uh, I mean, he showed up twice and won when Georgia wouldn't have been playing. So, uh, I mean, it could happen. I'm, I'm not going to say – I'm not ruling it out. Uh, no, the, but it's, it's not going to be – again, it, it's not going to be one of these – it, I'm planning on a Monday to show up on Saturday. It, it, this will be something that probably takes place later in the week. See if uh, Kirby and Muschamp can get them on campus again. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're working it, uh, but uh, I don't know where Florida State if Florida State plays this weekend, uh, this coming weekend. I don't know if it's at home. 
I don't know if he's planning on visiting Florida State again. I don't know. I don't Does know. it matter if Florida State's playing? I mean, that, was, that, <laughs> that, that, that ending, if you had, if you had, uh, I think Florida State minus, if you had Florida State plus, plus nine and that just garbacle that happened at the end of the game uh, with the with them trying to lateral it forth and Clemson scores to cover the spread. Oh, that that that's that's a terrible bad beat right there. But yeah, I think Trent, if this game had been last week, you know, if they had played at home last week, I think you would have definitely seen Travis Hunter be back just because I feel like there was momentum there and it's kind of rolling. And but now maybe with a week to cool off, you know, who knows? He's got strong strong ties to florida state and they may have uh used that that week where georgia wasn't in town to kind of you know get back in touch with him and and see what's going on yeah um you never know because you know it was in between there was two weeks in between the last time he visited oh, yeah. and then he's putting yeah. out all these tweets saying he's 100 percent solid you know talking on espn and then he shows back in athens again and then the next day then the then the bye week so yeah. uh i mean it, i think there's really uh there's a lot of interest between the two parties. I think Travis Hunter has a lot of interest in playing for Georgia. It all comes down to his, you know, his uncle's on uh, the defensive back coach at, at Florida State. It's all going to come down to can I, uh, you know, uh, go somewhere else without, you know, something happening with my family. Uh, how you comfortable know? is he making that uh, Thanksgiving dinner very awkward for the next <laughs> yeah. five years? Like, and, and I'm telling you, this is one of those things that. Nobody, if you got a prediction to put in, it's going to be hard to predict against Florida State. But if he go, if he chooses Georgia, it's not going to surprise me one bit. But it's going to be when the pen meets the paper. It's not going to be like, hey, I'm going to decommit, like I said, before Thanksgiving or something like that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be on signing day or on that, that it happens. But uh, I'm not predicting that by any means right this second. But I, I think, uh, you know, he, he respects his decision, he, he respects his family, and I'm, I'm, and I, but I know Georgia is. There's a lot of interest in Georgia, and there's a lot of interest in playing for Kirby and Muschamp. I mean, there's a uh, what defensive back wouldn't want to play for those two. Uh, the way they develop and put in the NFL, so it's it, it's it's very, extremely tough on him. You know, it's family versus uh, business decision, basically. No doubt, no doubt. And then uh, here we we got one from realistic UGA fan 1191 version 2.0. Gut feeling on when Singletary and or Humphreys pulls the trigger. Well, what I would say is I would just I would just go to uh, Twitter or Instagram and find their accounts and just hit that little bell button to turn them on notifications because it could literally be at any time. And in our estimation, uh, we had you know conflicting reports at different times where we thought could be any any moment on on a couple of those those things, especially the. <laughs> Uh, Trent, the way that that game was going with Georgia, Florida, and, and Julian Humphreys like live tweeting his support <laughs> for Georgia during the game, I thought, well, at halftime he may just pull the trigger and go ahead and, and commit mean, or something. Yeah, and then that wasn't that wasn't a good look for Florida either. I mean, uh, when you got the uh, a former commit, you know, tweeting out trashing your school, I mean, he, he was basically trashing play calls, trashing the way they were playing. It's just I, mean, I remember at one point he just tweeted out some laughing faces. At one yeah. point. I mean, that's laughing just, that's, cat emojis. I yeah. mean, when you get the laughing cat emojis at your gameplay over there, and, that's uh, and look, this, this is the reason why it, you, you, you get to Monday and all this stuff's happened over the weekend. You've had decommits, you've had all this stuff. You get asked a recruiting, uh, recruiting question, you have a chance to kind of go on about recruiting and, and kind of resolve some of that stuff, but then to, to give the answer that Muschamp did today, uh, I mean, if that hot, if that water was hot, or that Mullen, Mullen did, yeah. 
Yeah, what what Mullen said today, yeah, if that water's hot, it's scorching now. It's, 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 it's amazing how, and we, we, we were talking about this, today, it's amazing how he didn't at least have just some sort of stock, like generic coach speak answer prepared. Yeah. It, it doesn't like it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like if you're if you're not recruiting, then, then you're not recruiting. But don't tell don't tell the whole world. Don't tell the country you're not recruiting. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then and then six minutes later, his press conference gets abruptly ended. It's almost like you know on the field uh, in an NFL game or even in a college game when a team's trying to go fast and uh, they, a play needs to be reviewed and they they buzz down to the referee to say hey this needs to be it's almost like the AD was watching the press conference and buzzed in and said okay we need to review that comment right there and, uh, <laughs> go down with the cramp go down with the cramp yeah. fall down <laughs> fall down <laughs> take, take it take it down all right so pine tree 1 is Jacoby Matthews' upcoming visit a big deal, or is he just another LSU lock? We've already touched on that. Um, you know, I think I just think it's too uncertain to tell. I, I think anytime you get a uh, you know a recruit, whether they're committed to elsewhere or not, on campus, especially in an official visit capacity, hey, that's a that's a that's a good foot in the door at the very least. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say that I would make him a favorite to end up in the class, but Georgia does need as many DBs as they can possibly sign in the class of 2022. Jed, we got one from Scuffletown Dog here. Where's Scuffletown? I never heard of that on the map. Uh, anyway, says, hello, thanks for doing this show. Really enjoyed it. Pat myself on the back a little there. Who do we finish with in this class? Thanks, one question and many possible answers. Okay, so I uh, I mean, I've already I've put up the commits here, and I'm going to take down that banner real quick. So, uh, these are the I, I did them by the star the the star ranking of course on rivals and you know uh, of course Tyree Gunner Branson Michael and Bear all the five stars in the class and then you know Trent we've talked about Marquise Grove Killebrew there's some people concerned as you know does he flip or or something like that I think you know him being the first one in this class I think he's about as solid as they come but i know people are going to be coming after him but is he the type of guy uh, you can talk about the flip deal and then is he a type of guy that if he continues to play and do some of the things he does that he may could even get in that five-star conversation i'm not sure he'll get up to five star I, uh, he, he very well could get up into the top 50 um he is him and uh Humphrey remind me a lot of each other. They're they're both extremely uh, talented. They're long. They they can they can fly. Uh, you know, Humphrey was the fastest. I think it was the fastest man out in Texas when they did that. And then uh, uh, Kilbert uh, Gretzkoby was was the I think he was the fat or the second was the yeah, second. He, they were racing each other. It was them, and then I it was uh, them and him the, and uh, the, the Isaiah Bond Isaiah Bond, who's a Florida commit. I think he's still a Florida commit. Um, uh, but yeah, they're they're both athletic, talented. Uh, you know, I, I think his relationships. You know, he he's with uh, Morissette, and he's with he's on that same seven on seventeen we talk about every week uh, with with Gunner Stockton and all them guys. So it, it's going to be a hard flip uh, at the end of the day, uh, especially with him being the first commit. I know um, you know George is still showing him the love. Uh, Texas A and M's came came hard, but you know it's going to be a hard flip at the end of the day. Yeah, so I've, I've uh, if you're watching on the the, the YouTube uh, channel, of course not on the podcast format, you can see I'm putting the the commitments on the screen, all 21 that Georgia has right now. So with that being said, Scuffled Town Dogs' question was, you know, who do we 
finish up with in this class? Who does Georgia in this class, who do, who do they finish with? And you got to think they're going to go anywhere between 28 and 30 in the class. So you got eight, you know, seven, eight, nine spots uh, to, to, you know, sort out here. We know that they're wanting to, like we said, probably add another edge guy, Trent. Um, Jed, we know they're going to add another interior defensive lineman, whether that's a Kristen Miller, who everybody thinks is the, the favorite. Of course, Alabama's came knocking down. We'll see. Uh, and then, you know, guys like a, a Sean Washington, who they've had, you know, mutual interest in. So wh- whoever it is, they're going to try to get one more interior defensive lineman, one more edge guy. I think another elite, uh, try to get a elite receiver. So that would put you up to 24 right there. And and then I think three defensive back and offensive lineman if it's Ernest Green. Yeah, so you'd have Ernest Green. They're they're still working on Elijah Pritchett, uh, believe it or not. They're, he's a Columbus guy. Dell Dell McGee's not gonna he he takes that a little personally when a Columbus guy uh, uh, gets out of the fold a little bit. You know, Dell McGee's still still working that angle. So we'll see. Michael's working on him too. Oh yeah, Michael was uh, working on him after their game. Uh, Elijah uh, and Carver got the best of Hardaway this weekend, but uh, Michael still was doing some uh, recruiting, trying to flip uh, Elijah Pritchett. So that's two offensive linemen there. So let's say you go with they're at twenty one now. Let's go interior defensive line. So maybe Kristen Miller, maybe somebody like a like a Marvin, uh, like a Marvin Jones on the edge. Um, and then we set a receiver, so it could possibly be a Shaz Preston. And then let's talk about the defensive back. So we got uh, who you think, Trent? Maybe a Kamari, Kamari uh, Wilson, Kamari Wilson, Singletary, and uh, Humphrey. Humphrey, that they could they could all be in the mix there. So that would put you at twenty seven right there. And then I think from there it becomes best available. You know who who's best available, and you probably have one, maybe two spots left so you got shamar uh linebacker um inside linebacker you, you go to uh Shamar james shamar james you got Ernest. uh you I mean you, you get you get you're gonna have a handful of guys at the end that you you're gonna have like six or seven guys and you got three spots so i think you that's when it comes to uh best available at the very end and and i think you'll see some uh you know george's gonna miss on some of course and and they're not gonna sign uh 29 in the in December, it's just not going to happen. They might sign 25, 26, have, have three or so spots open, and you'll see some uh, guys go into January. So, um, yeah, and it'll be interesting. And there's going to be portal activity for Georgia. Oh, for I sure. Think, I but, think was, going out and coming in. Going out and coming in. And I think uh, you'll see that at the receiver position, in and out. I think you'll see that at the quarterback position, in and out. And I think you'll, you of course, see it on the defensive, uh, along the defensive front, and maybe even the offensive line because there's just depth there, and the guys want to play. And when they're stacked up, and and when when some of those guys leave, and you maybe don't feel comfortable, some of those guys who have been the two or the three leave, and you don't feel comfortable putting a guy who's not had much experience up in his slot. That's when you go find an older guy who's, you know, maybe played for. a maybe even a lesser successful program, but they've played really well. So we'll yep. see how that goes. Uh, I'm going to hit these real quick. We've got about four questions left. What position will Malachi Starks play at Georgia, and who is the most underrated player currently committed to us? Uh, Jed, Trent, you all opposed to saying that Malachi Starks plays uh, star safety. I don't really – I know they talk about some offensive stuff, but I just don't see him flipping over, and they have a real need on the defensive side of the ball with all these guys. 
Yeah, I would yeah, definitely say yeah. Safety I mean, like, uh, star, and I, I would definitely say that probably the most uh, underrated would be Dylan Bell or Malachi Starks. I think Starks is a, a top 30, 40 player in the country. So, Jed? Yeah, I agree. Like Trent said, safety, safety star. I mean, I think being enrolling early, they might give him a, a half a look at receiver, but like I said, he's going to end up at star safety, I think. And yeah, he's Malachi Starks is definitely underrated. I, mean, I think he's definitely, um, you know, a, a five star caliber guy playing over there at Jefferson. Yeah, and I think I think too. I agree, safety. And then my take on underrated player is obviously those two that y'all mentioned. But I think J- uh, Jacory Thomas is someone that is putting up unbelievable senior tape. Uh, you know, the, and Georgia values that tremendously. How do you play in your senior year? And you know, that's that's big. Uh, Jacory Thomas making some huge plays. Um, Ryan Dog. Texas A&M chatter seems to think they have a good chance of flipping uh, MJ, MGK, Marquis Groves, Killebrew. Any concern here for the Dawes? We've already touched on that, Trent. I think they're gonna they're gonna come after him, but it would it would be a shocking flip uh, for me because he's I mean he's been the the longest recruit the longest recruited and the longest uh, committed guy in this class of twenty twenty two. There's gonna be chatter because Georgia's bringing in. Uh, you know, talented defensive backs in this class. And, and what people don't understand is Georgia's losing. Uh, after losing as many defensive backs they did last year, and they're going to lose four out of five starters or whatever after this year. And, and you know, Georgia has a need not only for, for you know, immediate playing time, but they got a, me- a need for depth. I mean, a lot of these guys for coming in, in, this, in this class are going to be, you know, first and second teamers right off the bat. So um, I think there's a, a big need for that, and, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. And, you know, Texas A&M is an intriguing place, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, that you're going to hear talk. You're going to hear uh, people talking everywhere. And, it, you know, everybody was sold on Bear going to Texas A&M when he made his announcement to Georgia. You're going to hear that talk elsewhere. But uh, I think he, right now I, I don't think, uh, you know, he's on flip watch by any means. And they value they value uh, Marquise Groves Killebrew. There's yeah. a reason he was the first one. They saw his talent early, and they identified it. And you know, as much as he as kids make a commitment to a school, there's schools making commitments to these kids. You know, telling them, hey, this is this is what we see out of you. This is what you would mean to this program. This is what they're we're selling you know selling you on when it comes to you playing here, and I think that yeah. message has been clear. But they're not they're not trying to bring in a Jaheim Singletary to cut waves from Marquise Gross Kilderper. They, no. They're trying to land them all. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Kirby's getting getting greedy over there. He wants them all. So, Valrico uh, uh, Dog Two, uh, Burden signs with the dogs in December. Your thoughts? So he's declaring he's going out. Valrico uh, Dog Two is making a statement that Burden signs with dogs in December. Jed, thoughts? I mean, they're going to keep recruiting him for sure. I mean, when when you are there, you know, in the final two with the guy, and, and obviously Penn has been put to paper yet, they're going to keep recruiting him. I think it's at the trend. I think you said this last week, week before. If Georgia hadn't been able to sell him with the, with the revamped offense and all that kind of stuff to this point, you know, that doesn't really – it doesn't seem like they would change his mind from that perspective um, in the last month of the season. So I, I think they'll keep recruiting him. Um, but I think those other two guys we talked about earlier, Shaz Preston, um, Andre Green, and, and Kojo as well. Um, I think all three of those guys would be better um, shots to end up in the class than um, than Luther Burton at this point. This nil process is throwing a kink in the, uh, some recruitments. And, you know, looking at it, you, you would think it's Georgia versus Missouri. Yeah, it, that's pretty lopsided. I mean, look at the the spread this weekend. It's 39 points. But it, 
it, there's other there's a lot of other factors when it comes to these recruitments and, and the nail process is one of them and, and and it's really helped you know schools like Missouri and 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 those type of schools be able to hold on to some guys uh, in state uh, that they wouldn't be able to uh, if Neil wasn't in the process. Yeah, no doubt. But it also makes you wonder with some of those schools like uh, Missouri, are they you know are they you know cutting off their nose to spite their face by going and putting all their resources in you know are we're going to put this package together this nil package to try to uh, market you and get you these you know endorsement deals and things like that. But wait, now we can't do that for the other 10 guys that we really right. need to bring on our roster. We've just got one five-star receiver. Uh, so I think it's going to be it's – a, it's a learning curve for a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, PA Dog 610, Andre Green coming uh, uh, for this weekend, Sunday Money. Is that an official visit? No, Trent said uh, – reminded me, of course, he did visit on official capacity earlier this summer. Do we have a sen- serious chance to sway? We've already kind of said that. I think George is definitely in the mix, but – uh, I still think it's uphill battle. Um, you know, North Carolina and Clemson not playing t- great at all this year, but uh, they were they they were I think much more consistent in his recruitment. Early. I know Georgia was on him very early, Trent, but you know it's just it's just different with Georgia's wide receiver recruiting right now. I think in terms of uh, how North Carolina and Clemson have approached that recruitment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I think Georgia was hard on him back uh, in June. And I think, you know, at that time, uh, North Carolina and Clemson had kind of separated themselves from Georgia. Uh, and I think Georgia kind of went towards the Luther burden, uh, more towards Shaz Preston, because they felt it had a better chance to, to land him. And now with, with Clemson and North Carolina kind of trending backwards uh, on the field, that relationship's kind of sparked back up, and uh, and, and we'll see if Georgia can uh, can you know get his foot back in the door. But I, I would still put Clemson and North Carolina, you know, one A and one B in that recruitment. Absolutely. And then the the biggest and best question for last that everybody wants to know: How many silent commits do we have in this class right now? Thanks, love the show. That's from Harley Dog Eddie. So, Jed, you know, obviously, it's silent commit for a reason, things like that. And also, silent commits are an inexact science, okay, because they are silent by nature. They, and this is this is what we go. So, Jed, if you had to say across multiple classes, how many guys do you think Georgia either has silent committed or should feel like are almost locks to this class between 2022-2023? I would say – Don't I think haven't. out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say the name. Just say I would it. say five. Trent, I, I would say I would say there's more than five right this second. Um, just because there's, I think there's about three in this class, and I think there's more than three in the uh, 2023 class. So I, I would say uh, upwards, you know, five. Uh, it's, I think it's over five. I think six to eight, probably. Yeah, so Jed being conservative, he's trying to he's trying to temper it. Trent's just throwing a pipe bomb in there and telling everybody <laughs> it's, it's coming. So I think it's in that in that range, the the five to eight range. I think there's actually even a twenty twenty four that's getting close uh, to to being a, a commitment to to the Georgia Bulldogs. So that's a that's the, that's the stark contrast that you see right here between, like I said, Kirby Smart and this Georgia program. They are literally committing and pushing they're literally recruiting and pushing for commitments for guys all the way out to 2024 and and, and, and mold's not even recruiting 
and no, and he's not even recruiting this class. Guys, <laughs> Georgia is laying a foundation to be right at the top. And I've I've spoken uh, to sources very very close to uh, Juju Lewis, Julian Lewis. If you don't know that name, you will come next year. He will be the starting quarterback for Carrollton High School as a freshman next year, playing for Joey King over there, the guy who coached Trevor Lawrence and. Georgia is already – he's been to Georgia three times this year uh, – or no, four times, twice this summer and two games this fall as an eighth grader. And he's one of those generational-type talents that you see come through at the quarterback position in the state of Georgia. Like, you know, Deshaun Watson came through, Trevor Lawrence came through. Well, Georgia missed out on both of those. Georgia and Kirby Smart are doing their homework right now, and they're doing – they're building a relationship right now to try to get in on this recruitment while he's an eighth grader. And uh, Georgia has been very impressive to Juju at this point. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's right there in that five to eight range, depending on some are more maybe solid silence than, than others. So uh, that's that's gonna be it though for our show here tonight, guys. We hope that you enjoy it. Like we said, each and every week we enjoy covering recruiting because contrary to what Dan Mullen says, recruiting never stops and it's always going. And uh, we are really really. Uh, about to ramp up like I said you may want to some of those players that we've been talking about especially in the class of 2022 if you're on Twitter if you're on Instagram I'd turn on those notifications because you may even get a little bit of action uh, this week with some stuff so it's uh, especially after a big win over a rival like that with Florida so for Jed May and Trent Smallwood I am Blaine Gilmer remember the show is brought to you by Dead Soxy go ahead before you get out of here hit that like button and turn on notifications subscribe to the channel we really really appreciate it and we will see you next Monday night we'll probably go back to 8 15 next Monday night and we'll have this available on the podcast uh, version tomorrow so we will see you next week on rumors versus facts <laughs>